Day two is all about the quarterbacks for the Buccaneers protecting their own and getting after their opponents. That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day we are your daily podcast covering the tampa bay buccaneers please subscribe or follow for free on youtube or wherever you listen to podcasts you always get the latest episodes when they drop and in situations like this when we're live on youtube you get notified as soon as we're live so you can join in the live chat like our friends gaming board and chef freeman i am james yarko deputy editor of sb nations bucksnation.com talking about Day two, of course, you can find my work at BucksNation.com. Find my co-host David Harrison's work over at BucksGameDay.com. Follow everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit Ultimate-GM.com or look it up on the App Store our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code locked on in the game. The Buccaneers are focused on destroying any quarterback that lines up across the field from them. We're going to get to that in just a moment. But first, the Buccaneers kicked things off on day two by making a little trade, not a huge trade, not a major splash, jumped up a couple of spots in a trade with the Green Bay Packers to protect their own quarterback. And they did so by drafting Cody Malk out of North Dakota State. And Cody Malk was one of my favorite people that I got to speak with at the scouting combine in terms of personality. You guys on social media by now have seen plenty of photos and videos and clips this guy has a personality and he's going to fit in beautifully. The tweets coming from Ryan Jensen since this draft pick have been next level fantastic. But in order to make this selection, the Buccaneers did make a trade with the Green Bay Packers trading picks 50 and 179 to move up to pick 48. And Jason Light loves his small school offensive lineman. You talk about Ali Marpet. You talk about Alex Kappa. Ryan Jensen came from a small school, uh, you know, out West, similar to where Cody Malk is coming from. But this is a player who has played all five positions across the line, was a converted tight end. When he started playing college football, he was a tight end, put on almost 100 pounds, uh, threw away his his false teeth retainer, let his hair grow out and became the starting left tackle for North Dakota State. And in his time, 
with North Dakota State, two sacks allowed in over 800 pass blocking snaps. He does have shorter arms, but again, he played all five positions. And according to the next gen stats, you guys know that I like bringing those up in terms of their scoring. His next gen stat scores, uh, 88 athleticism score. That was fourth among all offensive tackles in the draft. An 83 overall score, also fourth among all offensive tackles in the draft. Jason Light, when speaking to the media on Friday, said that Cody Malk is going to start as a guard, but they love his versatility. They love his athleticism. So he is a player that they may try at a couple of different spots. So I believed when they made this draft pick that he was going to compete for the right tackle job. And something that David and I have talked about numerous times leading up to the NFL draft on this show is who is going to be the right tackle, right? We figured they would target a right tackle in the draft. They go with Malk, who is a, a versatile Swiss Army knife, can play all over the offensive line. But who are they going to put at right tackle? Do they believe in Luke Gedeke at right tackle? Are they going to allow Malk to compete for that right tackle job? Because if he's a guard, you have Robert Hainsey, you have Aaron Stinney, you have Nick Leverett, you have John Molshon, you have Matt Filer, right? Who they just brought over. Uh, he played with the Los Angeles Chargers. But an interesting thing that I, I took note of is there is a, for those that don't know, there is a website called Our Lads, and they do up-to-date depth charts of NFL teams. And I was taking a look at that depth chart, and the way that they have it slotted right now is Matt Filer as the starting right tackle and Wirfs as the starting left tackle. Now, Filer did play guard with the Chargers, but his first three years in the NFL, he was a right tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers from 2017 to 2019. So this is another guy with a lot of versatility that maybe there's going to be a lot of competition to figure out who are the best five players we have that we can put out there on the offensive line to keep Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask upright. You know, it's, it's a situation where they didn't take an Anton Harrison. They didn't take a Dewan Jones. They didn't take a, you know, any of these slam dunk surefire tackles. They drafted a guy who played tackle, but can he convert that into the NFL? We don't really know. So right now the speculation would be Filer could be your starting tackle. It's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. But one thing is certain is they are loading up on versatile players that can play multiple positions across the offensive line to create a ton of depth. One of the things that absolutely destroyed the Buccaneers in 2022 was the injuries that piled up on the offensive line and they flat out didn't have the bodies to put in front of Tom Brady to be able to open holes for Leonard Fournette or Rashad White. And it really was one of the biggest downfalls of the 2022 
Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are not putting themselves in that situation again. They are bringing in guys that can play multiple positions so that they can always maximize the talent on their roster in case of an injury. It's going to be really fun to see how all of this plays out. But round three, much like round one, was all about attacking the opposing quarterback. That is coming up next here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard us talk about this mobile game app, and if you've ever thought that you would make a good GM, you've got to give this game a try. It's not as easy as you might think to create a dynasty. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and lead your team to glory to trying to build a historic dynasty. You are in charge and responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, managing all of the finances, including negotiating player salaries and, and terms, navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft, player and personnel issues, all the ups and downs of a season. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free to completely free and playable offline. You can play on the go as you want to, when you want to. Locked on Bucks listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKED ON, all caps, all one word, in the game store. That's LOCKED ON, all caps. So make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app store. That's ultimate-gm.com, ultimate football GM. Start your dynasty today. Thank you again for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view every day. Join Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, and other Locked On NFL local experts for live NFL draft coverage. Only one day left, so make sure you are checking out Kyle and Joe's reaction to the rest of the NFL draft. Subscribe to the Locked on NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes to get notified when they go live. Shout out to our everydayers, to our night owls in here for the live stream in the live chat we have a couple of uh, of comments here. We got Joan saying Jensen and Malk look almost just alike. Playing mean will be awesome. And yeah, for those of you not on Twitter, uh, Ryan Jensen tweeted out a photoshopped picture of himself missing his two front teeth, holding up a picture of Cody Malk, which was absolutely hilarious. For those that haven't heard the story, uh, Cody Malk is missing his two front teeth they got knocked out in a seventh grade basketball game. And he he had those retainers that had the false teeth in there. But he, he talked about it at the combine as well. He kept losing them. He kept breaking them. And finally, he decided, I'm not dealing with this anymore. I'm just going to embrace the way that I look now. And it's his thing. He also said he decided he was going to start saving money on haircuts. And that's why his hair is so long. Um, for our everydayers who have listened to the 
the draft process all the way up till now. David and I did talk about Cody Malk a little bit. And what was funny is Lance Zerline of NFL.com said that his pro comp is Alex Kappa. You know, not a bad comp. Not a bad comp at all, especially for Bucks fans that were uh, big fans of Alex Kappa. I still think he is a great player and doing well there in Cincinnati. But let's talk about round three for a little bit because round three was when my heart was ripped out of my chest and stomped on when the Philadelphia Eagles took Sidney Brown, who all of our everydayers know I've been pounding the table for Sidney Brown for months. It's not often I get to talk about how great a University of Illinois football player is. We knew Devin Witherspoon was great. Jartavius Murray is fantastic. He goes to the Washington Commanders, but I have been pounding and pounding and pounding the table for Sidney Brown. He goes to the Philadelphia Eagles, but the Buccaneers were not focused on the secondary. They aren't focused on anything except for getting after the quarterback while also protecting their own. So at pick 82, they stood pat. They didn't move around and drafted edge rusher Yaya Diaby out of Louisville. He had a breakout season last year, getting nine of his 10 and a half career sacks last year. Big dude, six foot three, 265 pounds. Again, the next gen stats, he got a 90 athleticism score. That was second among all defensive ends. 72 overall score, which was fourth among defensive ends. Now, Diaby uh, figured in the draft process to translate to a 4-3, or I'm sorry, a 3-4 outside linebacker. That's exactly what is going to be with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He he ran a 4-5-140 with a 1.56 10-yard split. Uh, Very, very fast. Very, very quick. Something that Todd Bowles has been talking about for months is they have to get faster at every facet of the game. And one of the things outside of protecting the quarterback that the Buccaneers struggled with so much, especially after Shaquille Barrett went down, was putting pressure and sacking the opposing quarterback. So Diaby comes from Georgia Military College, transferred to Louisville in 2020, Last year, he was third team all ACC, uh, finished his career in Louisville with 94 tackles, 19 and a half tackles for loss, 10 and a half sacks in 33 games. Now, Dane Brugler, who I mentioned on yesterday's episode about Kalijah Kansi, had this to say about Yaya Diaby, who he ranked as his 12th best edge rusher, quote, A three-year starter at Louisville, Diaby was the field defensive end in former defensive coordinator Brian Brown's three-man front, playing head up over the tackle and occasionally moving inside or outside. A late bloomer, he took a winding road to reach the NFL's doorstep, including working at the airport after high school. But then things clicked for him in 2022 with personal bests in sacks and tackles for loss an impressive height, weight, speed athlete. Diaby bursts off his spots with the power and bend to wrap blockers and close with violence. His rush counters tend to get choppy once he meets resistance and his run game discipline will need to improve versus NFL competition. Overall, Diaby needs to develop 
a more instinctive and craftier approach to breaking down blockers, but he has the natural explosion and length to attack gaps or power through the shoulder of blockers like swinging a saloon door. He has intriguing development potential as a scheme-diverse leverage power rusher, end quote. Soon as this pick was made, this to me was a, a again, kind of like Kalijah Kansi, though I think Kansi is going to get far more opportunity. Uh, this is a rotational guy. This is a guy who is, they're hoping to be able to develop, especially under Todd Bowles, that he can rotate in when Shaq needs a breath or when Joe Tryon Shoyinka needs a breather. This is a guy that can also put his hand in the dirt, can become a rotational guy along the defensive line. So you could have a situation where you run a speed package where you have Diaby and Kansi and Barrett and Tryon Shoyinka and Vita all on the field at the same time. There's going to be certain packages that Diaby is going to be the focus of as a rookie. And then you hope that those develop developmental traits that Brugler was talking about start to work their way in. And all of a sudden he can become more of an every down player, not saying that he will be, but you know, a guy that's taking 70, 75% of snaps, I think would be really, really great at this spot in the third round. You're still looking for guys that can come in and contribute, but maybe not necessarily guys that you are going to rely on to be a starter right out of the gate or even take a heavy workload immediately as a rookie. But the Bucs have stressed over and over and over again that they need to get faster, and they have done exactly that with Kalijah Kansi and now Yaya Diaby. I'm going to jump over to the comment section real quick for just a couple of minutes. Al Bundy, I see you in the chat. Um, let's see, we got... Uh, a plus for Kansi in the passing game, C for his run game, but this is definitely a huge unknown. Jason Light is, is and so is Todd Bowles, certainly optimistic about his ability in the run game, but it definitely is something that needs some refinement. I firmly believe that Kansi is a rotational guy and he's going to be more of a pass rush specialist as a rookie, but then late in the season, you're going to start to see him be a little more of an every down guy. And then hopefully next season is when you see him as a for sure every down player. He has all the tools, all the athletic ability, all the makings of a guy that can line up every single down. But it, he does need a little bit of that development. I think early on, you're looking at a pass rush specialist out of Kansi. Darius Miller wondering how light is going to make his way back into the fourth round. Greg Allman was actually talking about this on Twitter. The Buccaneers have a lot of picks clustered together in the fifth round. And I'm, I'm looking for it right now, real quick, just so that I'm accurate. I don't want to give you guys any information that is wrong, but you, you take a look. Um, they have four picks between 153 and 196. So you can probably take a couple of those package them together to be able to move into the fourth round last year, excuse me, <clears throat> last year they drafted Zion McCollum in the fourth round by trading the fourth rounder that they don't have this year. So if there's a guy slipping that they really, really love, they will figure out a way to make a move to get back into that fourth round. There are some guys in the fourth round that I really, really like, but we are going to talk about what positions 
the Buccaneers need to look at coming up in the final day of the NFL draft. Still battling this sickness. Segment one went well, but you have the combination of a lot of talking, not being able to breathe. I knew it was going to catch up to me. We're going to take a look at those positions the Buccaneers still need to address coming up in just a moment here on Locked on Bucks. Looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories? Then you need the best tasting protein bar ever, Built Bar. You've got to try this. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. They taste so amazing you're not even going to realize that they're good for you. They are covered in 100% real dark chocolate and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. Peanut butter brownie and cookies and cream, my two favorites. They are next level. These bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros with only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and packing 17 grams of protein. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while your specialty flavors can still be found at Built.com. So head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puff. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter puff and churro puff. And be sure to head to Built.com and check out the new peanut butter puff and cookies and cream puff. You can thank me later. Wrapping things up here on a special live edition following day two of the NFL draft here on Locked on Bucks. So what positions do the Buccaneers still need to address? Everydayers, you probably know where I'm going with this already. I'm the guy who in our network mock draft took Bijan Robinson in the first round at pick 19. Granted, I also traded back in to take a tackle. <coughs> oh man, I'm so sorry that I keep coughing on you guys, but I'm trying to get through this as uh, as painlessly as possible. But running back as a position, I, I do have these listed in no particular order. But running back is one of them that definitely still needs to be addressed. And it's a deep position this year. There was a run at the end of day two but there are still plenty of viable backs out there. Right now, they got Rashad White, Keyshawn Vaughn, um, Chase Edmonds. That's not enough. You need more there. I promise y'all, I'm going to make it through this. Going to make it through this. Another position <laughs> is uh, linebacker. They've addressed edge with Yaya Diaby, but you still need inside linebacker. We still have the Devin White situation kind of hanging over, over everyone's heads. Basically, at this point, Devin White has to play. Unless you're trading him for another linebacker, Devin White's going to be a Buccaneer. I don't see any way that they can get through this season without him. You got Devin, you got Levante, you got KJ Britt. It's not enough. 
You're not going to find a starter on day three, but you are going to find depth, which is something that they need. Safety, still a need. You got Antoine Winfield Jr., Ryan Neal, Nolan Turner. You had, you know, a, a potential at getting Brian Branch win a couple of picks before the buck. And then, of course, my guy, Sidney Brown, goes to the stinking Eagles. I'm still upset about this. Safety, depth there. Also, when you're when you're finding a safety, especially this late, you're hoping the you know you're providing yourself depth, but you're also hoping that that is going to be a special teams contributor, which is what you're going to look for on day three. You're going to look for guys that not only can provide depth, maybe you find the diamond in the rough, but you need special teams contributors. Still need a tight end, Kate Otten, Coquif. That's what you got. Got to have at least one more uh, wide receiver. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage, great. Devin Tompkins, there's your return specialist. And then you got Geiger. Yeesh. If any of the top three go down, you're looking at trouble. Oh, goodness. George in the chat, you sound great for a sick guy with laughing emojis. I'm trying. I'm trying, guys. I really am. Uh, corner. You still need a slot corner. You got Carlton Davis. You got Jamel Dean. Zion McCollum, you're hoping to takes a big step forward, but it's not a guarantee. You need some insurance there. Then you have Anthony Chelsea and Don Gardner. You need something there. Again, luckily for the Buccaneers, positions like running back, like tight end, like corner are very, very deep in this draft. You can still find a depth piece and potentially a special teams contributor at those positions on day three. It's going to be a very long day but a ton of maneuvering is going to happen. And then finally, maybe this is the seventh round pick. Maybe this is the last pick in the sixth round. You still need another quarterback. Baker's probably the starter. I'm giving him an 85% chance of being the starter for the Buccaneers this year, giving Kyle a 15% chance, but that's all they have. That's it. Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask. You're going to have to have a third quarterback on this team. Is it a Clayton Toon? Is it a Stetson Bennett? Is it a Max Dugan? Could be any of those guys. It's probably going to be your last pick in the draft, or there is the outside chance a guy like Dugan, guy like Bennett, don't get drafted, and that becomes the Buccaneers' number one undrafted free agency uh, priority. So that that is a very real possibility. The Buccaneers have been able to find a couple of really solid gems in undrafted free agency could happen again, but you don't want to count on that. If you really need a guy, you really like a guy, you go get him with the picks that you have real quick. Uh, going to go back to the chat. Chef Freeman. It's all good. We locked in no pun intended locked in locked on. Uh, if I keep talking about football, my wife's going to lock me out. Geist 85. Can we trade back? to the fourth round. I did touch on this briefly, but for those, I, I see that we've, we've gotten some new members uh, towards the end of this live show. The Buccaneers, if there's a guy in the fourth round that they really love, say, I don't know, Chase Brown. Give me an Illinois guy, Jason, please. Come on. Uh, he's starting to slide in the fourth round. The Buccaneers have a lot of fifth round picks that they can kind of squeeze together, try to move into the fourth round. They gave up this year's fourth rounder 
to move into the fourth round last year. They could give up next year's fourth rounder, maybe throw in one of their fifth rounders that they have all kind of piled together there to move into the fourth round. There are plenty of ways to get it done. Uh, if there is somebody that the Buccaneers really truly love and feel can be an impact player for their team. Uh, we got architect 79. Thank you, James, for pushing through for us. That's what I'm here for. I'm here for you guys. I'm going to push through as hard as I can. David doesn't know this. I might make him do Monday's episode by himself while I try to, uh, rest of the vocal cords for a little bit. Uh, Chef Freeman in the chat. Baker starts the year, but Kyle Trask finishes it. It's possible. That's absolutely possible. Maybe things aren't going as great as the Buccaneers had hoped with Baker Mayfield, and they were like, well, the season's lost. We have a top 10 pick locked up. It's time to see what the kid can do the rest of the way. Winning and losing doesn't matter to us at this point, so let's just see what we got. Very possible. I do think Baker Mayfield can find some some success in Dave Canales' offense, but he's going to need some help. He's going to need uh, a, at least one more running back. He's going to need another tight end to help out Kate Otten and Coquive. He's going to need a wide receiver as some insurance and some depth and a special teams contributor just in case, God forbid, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, or Russell Gage go down. Plutie, uh, in the chat, you need a raise, James. I will address that with the powers that be. I will tell them that you said so, and uh, fingers crossed that uh, that we go through with it. And then uh, Al Bundy, my guy, Josh Wiley. Uh, I love, I love Josh Wiley, tight end out of Cincinnati. That kid can be an absolute stud, and that's a guy. Even with the big run on tight ends, that's a guy you can probably get in the sixth round. Um, could be a huge, huge impact player. Uh, so, and then uh, the Hoopers heaven. Do you think Jameis Winston will ever return to us in Tampa? No, no, I do not. Um, that, uh, pardon the pun, uh, that ship has sailed. Jameis Winston is not coming back to Tampa. And then finally, last one before we get out of here. Uh, Dorian Munn, a overall grade so far, wicked interior D line rotation, Joe Tryon. Hope you take a huge developmental step because I can see Yaya cutting into those reps after another O lineman, big play threat. Dorian, thank you for joining. Thank you to all of our everydayers. Thank you to all of you who were blowing up the live chat. You guys were fantastic. And thank you for putting up with me in my hacking and coughing. We got one more day of this. We're going to get through it. Then David and I will have a full draft reaction as a whole, taking a look at everything that went down when all of this is said and done. So I want to thank all of you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view every single day. Check out all the work that I'm doing over at BucksNation.com. Check out David over at BucksGameDay.com. Check out everything on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire those cannons. Want to thank you so much for joining us right here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.